Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey everyone, I'm Jen. And I'm Jess. And we're the hosts of the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to tell you about Strivectin's new Super C Retinol Brighten and Correct Vitamin C Serum. We often interview dermatologists on our podcast, and two of their favorite skincare ingredients to recommend are retinol and vitamin C. This serum has both in one lightweight, layerable formula. The new Strivectin serum helps to smooth fine lines, and it's clinically proven to visibly brighten and firm skin. To learn more about Strivectin's Super C Retinol Brighten and Correct Vitamin C Serum, visit Strivectin.com. Hello everyone, tis that time again. This week's promo is from a brand new pod called Lifetime Sentence. Two friends watch Lifetime movies and talk about those and the real life crimes that inspired them. One of the hosts is a mate of mine and they have both hit the ground running. Check them out and subscribe. Okay, Erin, Paul, take it away. Hi, I'm Erin. And I'm Paul. And we're the hosts of Lifetime Sentence. Follow along as I watch made-for-TV movies based on heinous crimes. And then join me as I delve into the truth behind the crimes that inspired these movies. Every week we will review a different Lifetime original movie, from high-profile cases like Gypsy Rose Blanchard and Jodie Arias to some you may not have ever heard of. Lifetime has covered them all, and so will we, because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. Listen to Lifetime Sentence on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or on your favorite podcast app. Age intro voice. Previously on Mirths and Monsters, CK, Finn, and Ray ventured to the UK's most haunted place, Chillingham Castle, the castle that puts the chills into Chillingham. Who writes this stuff? Here they encountered spirits of unrest. Or did they? Let's rejoin the Scooby Gang. Uh, Hang on a minute. We're not the Scooby Gang. Dude, are you sure? Haunted Castle? Mad obsessed with sandwiches and a loyal dog? I bet you'll say pesky kids at some point. Okay. Well, you may have some points there. Anyway, shall we? On with the pod. Well, hello, my friends. This is CK, and welcome to the second part of our ghostly adventure. I hope you're all happier than a leprechaun at an open bar. The reason I'm being quieter than usual is due to me, Finn, and little Ray Skywalker being inside a pantry. Not hiding, we strategically retreated. Don't look at me like that. <coughs> Et tu, wee man? My Marthers, you may be wondering how we ended up beating a hasty retreat. Run away! Into this pantry. Well, let us go back a wee while and begin the story there.
We were in the bedroom, and the time was exactly 2.47am. The darkness outside is so brooding it would impress a teenager, if they could be bothered to tell you. I had already done some investigating, and it began at breakfast time. I investigated some sausages, bacon and eggs, and I concluded that they were very yummy. Something interesting happened when I was being served by the very tired-looking waiter. When he spoke, it was the same voice that we'd heard last night in the chapel. So, maybe there was something hoax-like afoot. After brekkie, me and the fur babies went back to the chamber where we had encountered the lady in white. There was more light this time, of course, and we could see that there was a layer of dust that covered the floor and I could see foot and paw prints that showed where the three of us had been last night. However, where the lady in white had been, the dust lay undisturbed. This was of course a little odd. Perhaps there's some form of flying wire system, like they would use in an extravagant panto version of Peter Pan. Did this mean that the lady in white was an actual ghost? Even as someone who has literally met cryptids of all sorts... I was a little sceptical. We couldn't do much more in the daylight. We needed to investigate the castle without the prying eyes of the staff, particularly when one of the places we wanted to investigate was the pantry where the ghost lady is supposed to haunt. So in the meantime, we sauntered round the grounds of the castle. Finn and Ray worked as a team to flush out birds for Finn to chase. He never catches them. I'm not entirely sure he would know what to do with them if he did. Probably just lick them. Maybe pat them on the head. Ray, on the other hand, I'm genuinely not sure if she's packing heat. The other thing we've been trying to decide on is what kind of theme tune the podcast needs. Manilow has been suggested. A lot. I've bought a ukulele. Turns out that Finn is quite the fan of thrash metal and Bobby and Cass are obsessed with being mods. Expect a weird mashup down the line. We also kept an eye out as we walked, looking for anything that seemed out of the ordinary, and as dusk was settling in, I noticed something just beyond the tree line. It looked like a shed, but not a I'm just popping out to the shed, Margot, type of shed. This had the appearance of a It puts the lotion in the basket, type of shed. Obviously, we had to investigate. We approached in a pincer movement. I don't mean we split up, I mean we made clicky-clacky motions with our hands and paws. I couldn't see anyone around, which wasn't weird, but there were no noises. None. That was odd. Normally you would at least hear birds chittering, but there was nought but the careful progression of me and the fur babies. Heading up the few steps to the front door, with Finn to my right and Ray on his back, Poised to attack, we approached slowly. My hand reached forward to try the handle, but before I could clasp it, the door swung open. Not with a flashbang wallop, but really slowly, and with a long, drawn-out creak that reminded me of my knees when I stand up after sitting down for too long. I looked down at Finn and Ray and I told them to wait there. They both looked back as if to say, Yeah, right, 
So here we come, walking through the door. Get the funniest looks from the ghost on the floor. Whoa! Oh wait, wait, it's not a ghost, it's a badger. Before I could ask if this was their place, they had scampered away and then something moved in the corner of the room. Maybe it was the badger's life partner. Or maybe it was the lady in white. <laughs> yes, yes it was. The room chilled, and before he could say, I need water, she vanished again. We ran over to where she had been. Yep, she was gone all right. Into thin air, it seemed. But then I noticed Ray sniffing low to the wall. What is it, girl? She was sniffing like someone with a flu after having had a menthol sweetie. Then I noticed the whiskers on her wee face were moving backwards. No, not moving. Being blown. Sweet! Hidden entrance. And now, a word from our sponsors. This week's episode is brought to you by Sweeties. When I was a young lad in the backwater hills of Scotland, we had to suck on pebbles and pretend they were everlasting gobstoppers. Then one day a sweetie shop opened up in the village and we ate so much chocolate we all got type 2 diabetes, all with a smile on our chubby faces. Sweeties, you'll always know what you're going to get. Back to the episode. This was so cool. It wasn't hard to find the outline of the door that led to who knows where. All we needed to do now was find the opening mechanism. Normally, there would be a bookcase nearby, and amongst the books there would be one called The Great Escape, or A Passage to India, or Pull This Book to Activate the Hidden Doorway. All depended on the budget of the film, really. Alas, there was no bookcase, not even a pamphlet box. So, where could the device be? And then, Finn... (coughs) He was at the other side of the room, and he was staring intently at a painting on the wall. I walked over, as Ray still searched for any floor-based triggers. Staring at the painting, I saw that it was one of the room that we were in at the moment. I was half expecting us to be in it as well, but, thankfully, that was not the case. The perspective of the painting was from the front door, with the painter looking in. The room looked just as it did now, but after perusing for a minute or two, I noticed that something stood out. There was a bust on a pedestal, just to the left of the hidden doorway. I turned round and I could see the pedestal, but no bust. Hurrying over, I looked around in search of the bust, and just at that moment, Ray said with triumph, She was behind the curtain, popped her head out and gesturing with her paw indicated to where I should look. I pulled the curtain back and there it was, the bust. I held it up and as I looked at the head, I could tell that there was a familiar look to it. Couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I'm sure it'll come to me. I reached into a deep pocket and gave Ray and the wee man some treats for their investigative skills. Then... I placed the bust on top of the pedestal. There was a slight click, and the doorway opened silently. We stepped through, and then the door closed behind us, leaving us in darkness. 
If someone says, I need water right now, I may scream. I need water. Free. <laughs> Beauty motto. I took out the torch from one of the pockets of my Pockets of Plenty jacket, and when illuminated, it revealed a very interesting sight. The light showed us a smaller scale train track, and even better, there was transport. It was a railroad handcar. This just got better and better. We hopped onto the cart, me on one side, Finn and Ray on the other. You may have seen these handcars in films. It's propelled along by the occupants seesawing the handle in the middle. I grabbed my side, Finn and Ray grabbed theirs, and away we went. Slowly at first, but then gathering pace. I admit I was struggling, but only because I was finding it hard not to laugh at Ray. It was great that she wanted to help, but due to the size difference between her and Finn, whenever the handle went up on their side, she dangled from it like a scowling Christmas decoration. Finn, however, was having a blast, tongue flapping and smiling like a happy wee man. The track just kept going and going. I had attached the torch to my hat like a miner's helmet, and it gave a beam that was enough to see by. We kept a steady pace. So far, no ghosts had jumped out at us, but I did see a petrified badger who looked at us as if to say, What did I do to you? After what seemed like five minutes or so, I noticed cracks of light up ahead. Okay, wee man, let's ease up a bit. We slowed down simply by slowing down our uppy-downy movements, and it wasn't too long before we were coasting at an easy pace. The cracks of light got brighter, and before long we could see the end of the track in sight. Slowing down a tad more, we stopped with only a slight bump as the cart doinked against a large wooden beam that was fixed to the floor. We got off, and as soon as we hit the floor, the cart, by itself, made its way back. After we'd waved the cart goodbye, we turned round to study the wall in front of us. Slivers of light struggled its way through, but this wall wasn't going to be as hard to figure out as the one we came through. There was a door handle. Right there. Can you see me pointing? Tentatively, I grabbed the handle and turned, pulling the door towards me. Natural light filled the doorway, and we stepped through into a familiar room. It was the chambers where the lady in white had made her appearance. This was getting thoroughly interesting. We made our way back to the room and settled down for a spell, playing some card games and watching Ghostbusters for inspiration. And then the inevitable happened. We fell asleep. When we woke, it was 2.47am. Exactly. And it was time to investigate. And... Hopefully, reveal the secrets of Chillingham Hall. One of the other haunted places in the castle was outside, in the courtyard. It had been reported that the shadows come to life as the moonlight shines down like a nightlight for ghosties. We made our way downstairs and out the front door. Not a soul or a person was in sight. The courtyard was a large square space that could be reached by going through an archway to the left of the front door. This would be where carriages would head to after long journeys, dropping off the travellers. We walked through the arch into the courtyard, 
you could almost hear the clip-clops of hooves from the past. In fact, you could hear them, very faintly. Ray. Ray had some coconut shells and was banging them together. I told you to stop watching Monty Python films, you're too young. How can you even hold them? Horinfin giggled but stopped abruptly as they looked over my shoulder. I couldn't see what they were looking at. I had an idea. Because over their shoulders I could see the shadows in the courtyard swirl like whirlpools before rising up and forming into what could only be described as human-shaped. I knew there was one behind me. I could sense it. And then I could feel the breath on my neck. Excuse me. I, somehow, managed to step to one side as a large, human-shaped shadow slid past me and joined the plethora of shadows in the courtyard. In the blurb about Chillingham Castle it is written, It is positively hard not to see the shades and shadows come to life. They were not kidding. They were everywhere. I think what we were looking at were images of the past being played out. We walked forward amongst the shadows, smatterings of conversation that couldn't quite be made out all around us. Then two things happened almost instantaneously. The first was that every single shadow and every droplet of chatter ceased. And the second thing was, they vanished. I don't mean they became the shadows that they had been to start with, I mean they scarpered. And that's when I heard something right by my ear. I need water. It was at that moment that myself, Finn and Ray beat a hasty retreat. Which brings us back to here. We are inside the pantry, the very pantry that the lady in white would haunt. No, I don't know why we chose it either. Call it a blur of terrified thinking. The other slight issue is that she's at the door. That's the knocking you can hear. Luckily, we have come prepared. I stand up and make my way to the door. Still with some fear coursing through me, I push the door open. The door passes right through her. She asks me the question, Do you have water? I reach into my plentiful pockets and pull out a vial. This vial I received as a gift from a previous adventure. The vial was, of course, magical. Its speciality was that ghosts could drink from it. I have to admit that I never thought I would ever need it. But here we are. I raised my hand. She seemed confused, but her own hand raised and both our mouths dropped as she grabbed it without issue. Her other hand removed the stopper and with her pale eyes never leaving mine, she drank from the vial. It only took seconds to take effect. With a smile that could melt the hardest of cheeses, her whole being illuminated. She said, Now I have peace. And with that, she popped off to wherever she was meant to be years ago. It was then I realised that she was the face of the bust. That's why it seemed familiar. I must admit, 
It did seem as though she led us here. I just had one last thing to do before our adventure was over. The three of us went back to the chapel, and right enough there was the chuntering of the voices again, but this time we were ready. I removed the device from my pocket and lofted it into position. That position was into the balcony. It must have landed perfectly, because when the water balloon burst, the two ghosts jumped up unintentionally revealing themselves. They stared down at me, shocked. I looked up at them and said, You would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for us pesky kids. I knew it. With that, we ran away, packed up our stuff, got to the cryptocycle, and headed back to Casa CK. And there you go, my friends. Another adventure over. Hopefully the lady in white is at peace now. I very much doubt this is going to be our last adventures with ghosts, though. Just got a couple of things to add after the music is over, so if you care to hang around, I'll be very grateful. Thank you very much. Till next time, my friends. Slancha. Your good health. Okie dokie, folkies. I won't keep you long, look, Murray, and then you can go about your business. So, there's a person I have to mention this week, a new Patreon, called Marianne Jack. Marianne, thank you very much indeed for pledging to me. If anybody else would care to donate, if you think it's worth it, um, if you'd care to donate, it's uh, www.patreon.com forward slash mirths and monsters. Other than that... I just need to apologise for the delay in this episode coming up. So much going on, oy vey. Um, I will try to be a lot more regular. But if not, I will keep you updated. For the time being though, folks, take care of yourselves. I'll see you next time. Tati fling. <laughs>